Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues session three of the four part Guidelines for a Happy Home series. His scripture text is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29, through chapter 5, verse 2. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick taught from John chapter 15 to bring us the five things we need to know about love. Then he took us to Ephesians chapter 5 to teach us about submission, and after defining the word submission, brought us the first of five things we need to know about it, which centers around roles. On this broadcast, he brings us the other four, and then takes us to Ephesians chapter 4, where he defines unity and brings us the first two of six things we need to know about unity, which centers around reason. And now, here's Brother Rick. So, your level of authority always equals your level of submission to authority. If you don't submit to other authorities and strengthen other people, you don't have any authority. And all of us are going to have to submit. It's multi-directional. Now, here's the second thing that you'll discover as you read the continuation of that chapter. Submission is voluntary. It can never be demanded. Because if it's demanded, it's slavery. It's not submission. So, in other words, they've got to see your weakness. Be willing to take their strength and shore you up. And it's done voluntarily. Wow. (laughs) Man, submission is a powerful word. It's bringing new meaning to me. You can't say I'm an authority. I've had that to happen. I've had guys walk into my office dragging their precious little wife and say, tell this woman, bless God, she's supposed to submit to me. I always say, have a seat. This is going to take longer than you anticipate. (laughs) Because how many of you know he needs a whole new education? Because it ain't just everybody's here to serve me, bless God. Do you realize that Jesus taught submission by leaving a throne in heaven and coming to the lowest on earth and coming up under them that they could be lifted up, that they could be shored up, that their weaknesses could be strengthened. That's why we should be humbled to realize he that was in authority became a servant to us that we might experience change. Submission requires humility. As we recognize and accept our weakness. And as we willingly accept the strength of other people. All of us are weak. Amen. All of us need that strengthening. Here's another thing I want to tell you. Submission requires a fear of the Lord. If you don't recognize and fear God. We'll always struggle in every other relationship. If you'll get that fear straightened out. Now that fear is not a trembling fear in the sense that we fear God and fear being in relationship with him. It's a reverential fear. But if you really reverence God, you'll reverence God's creation. If you bless God, James says you'll bless his creation. You won't live a divided life blessing God and cursing people. Amen. So submission requires a fear of the Lord. Submission is the response To the relationship of love. In other words, I don't want Debbie to be weak in areas of her life. She doesn't want me to be weak. She tells me often when we're by ourselves, my job's one thing, Rick. That's make you look better than you are. That's true. And boy, I look good. See, I ain't even look behind me, but they stuff coming up there. 
I look a lot smarter than I actually am. Did you know there's so many areas she covers me? Did you know people send me emails? I got an email address, and I don't know how to turn a computer on, and I don't know how to find it. I got a website that I can't even visit unless somebody helps me. <laughs> but I look slick. <laughs> so somebody sends me an email, Debbie prints it out on a piece of paper. Now, paper I know. She brings it upstairs. I read it, flip it over, and write my response. She goes down and taps it, <laughs> zips it off, and I look like a genius. See, I'm weak. I'm weak, and I know it. But I also know she loves me, and she strengthens my weakness. My family's told me many times, you got the best end of that deal, Rick. They've told me, do you realize that if Debbie died, you'd have to hire a whole group of people? <laughs> I do. I do. See, I realize I got some strengths. Now, you got to understand my strengths she don't possess. She's, if I called her up here to speak in the next five minutes, I'd get a five-hour lecture this afternoon after I left here. This ain't her place. She don't want to do this. And when I first pastored, I tried to get her to do everything. You know, Pastor, why I supposed to, you know that? And I told her, now, you need to teach a Bible study. Well, she's sick as a dog trying to teach her Bible study. It wasn't what she done. And it was so amazing because we would do things. See, I've got this gift of gab, this flow. It just comes out of me, kind of a deal. I don't think about it. And we'd be riding over to the office, and I'd be eating a sandwich and drinking a cup of coffee and driving and spurting out the letter from the pastor's desk. Here's what I want you to write. Now, Debbie's sitting there taking shorthand. I look like I write in shorthand, but it's my attempt at English. But, you know, it's all them little squiggly marks. and She's taking all this down in shorthand while I'm eating, driving, drinking coffee, and talking. And then I would do all the newsletter, and I'd drop her off because the last thing I want ever in the world is an office. I hate them. Because in an office, people are supposed to work in there. So you go in an office, there's an expectation. So every office I've ever been given, I gave it away because I didn't want them to expect me to actually do something. I don't want to be in no office. I like people. So I'd drop her off and she'd go in the office. And she would tap and have all that. And when I come back, newsletter laid out perfect. I'm telling you, you can shoot it with a transit. Everything is exact. We'd mail them things and go home. Now, what had I done all day? I'd been out visiting everybody that would listen to me and enjoying myself. <laughs> and one day I forgot, and we pulled up the office door, and she said, we didn't get the newsletter sent off today. I said, well, you just write it. You just write it. I'm going to go on, do my same thing. I ain't changing my schedule. Just go on and write it. And when I come back, it was this big old heap of paper, and I found a frustrated lady. She said, I don't do this. Do you understand? I don't do this. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm getting your message. You don't do that. She's got her strengths. I got my strengths. That's why we have the marriage we have. Because we know what they are. And we don't compete with each other. We complete each other. And that's the key to it. Submission. Submission comes out of true love. Now, submission has to have the ability to sanctify, purify, and fortify your home against destruction. Jesus compares himself 
and his love for the bride. And he said that he offered himself that he may sanctify or purify her. In other words, to protect her, to purify her, sanctify her, fortify her. That's what our job is when we submit to one another. Here's the next thing. Submission is a witness to the world that Christ is the head of your household. In other words, you're submitted to him. She's submitted to him. Your children submitted to him. We're submitted to one another. And that submission is evidence the world needs that there's something different about your home. There's no submission in your home. There's nothing different. Now let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4 and I'm going to land this plane. We're going to take a little break. But Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 7 is the third word. Say this with me. Love speaks of relationship. Submission speaks of roles. Unity speaks of reason. See, if you don't have the relationship and you're not supporting each other in your role in the area of your weakness, there's no hope for you to ever have unity. You'll never fulfill unity in your home without those other two elements. And that's why we're taking a stab at this this morning. You've got to understand love is about relationship. It's more than a choice. You're or more than a feeling. It's a choice. It's something you're doing on a continual basis. All of those things I shared with you, love's demonstrated through the fruit on your vine. And then you submit to one another. Why? Because all of us have weaknesses and all of us are dependent to carry out the role. God's given me a call that I can't carry out by myself. I cannot do it by myself. I've got to have people strengthen me in the area of my weakness. Somebody asked me, Brother Rick, what if your team left you? I said, I'd gather what money I had together immediately and fly to Brazil. Because I'm going to prison. I just don't know why or when. Because I ain't got a clue of how to run this thing. I've got a team that God's amassed around me. And the funny thing was, they wanted a meeting with me. And I had a meeting with them. I don't know anything any of them does. How can I instruct them? I don't know what you do. Just try to do it and keep me out of jail. Please keep me out of jail. Let my jail ministry be voluntary, not mandatory. Do it. Do it good. So if the hour is comes, I can point and you can say, we got him. So I had this meeting. It's quite humorous. We sat down and I said, now, what are y'all doing? I'm the leader. What all are y'all doing? We're doing this and this and this, and this is what we think we need to do. What do you think? I I told him, you'll never work for an easier boss because I don't even know when you're loafing. I don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Wow. See, it's that kind of an understanding that unity comes when everybody does their part. Unity is such a powerful word. I've just written that book back last year on playing from the second chair. And the whole uh, purpose around unity, the whole ideal is symphony. The word in the Greek is he notes. The word for agreement is symphonia. It's all about what is emitted when people come together to carry out their reason and purpose. How many of you know symphony is not a hundred tubas? Hundred tubas is obnoxious. There's no tuba CDs floating around. Ain't nobody saying, boy, I hope my tuba CD makes it in by Monday. You, you ain't want to listen, boom, 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 boom. I mean, that gets on your last nerve. But that's a part of a symphony. You can't have a symphony without a tuba. 
70 requires diversity for the outcome of harmony. I'm going to say that again. Symphony requires diversity for the outcome of harmony. You can't have unity if everybody's playing the same thing. And that's what we got mixed up in the church. We think unity, but we mean uniformity. Everybody wear the same uniform. Everybody look the same, act the same, do the same. How many of you know there's a word for that? Weird. If everybody looks just exactly the same, that's weird. I've went into churches where they look like Donald Duck's uncle, Huey, Louie, and Dewey. They all dress in the same suit. That's weird. Families ain't like that. The body ain't like that. There's diversity. God loves diversity. Here's the next thing you got to understand. Unity requires effort from each individual part. It says in Ephesians chapter 4. I never did read it, did I? But Ephesians chapter 4 says, Endeavoring, verse 3, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bonds of peace. Sounds like work, don't it? How many of you know you're going to work at staying in unity with people? Why? Because you got your idea. This is what I think. Have you ever said that? what I think. How many of you have ever said that when you didn't even know what you were thinking? This is what I think. I had one guy tell me, he's a real good friend of mine, still is, that's amazing, but he told me, he said, Rick, you spent hours explaining yourself and after you finished, nobody really cared because I don't think you knew what you was talking about when you started. I said, well, I have been guilty of that. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.